job. There goes Ben with his fucking Imagine Dragons again, dude. <laughs> Sorry, I just it's it's good game day music, baby. Dude, I I know how it is. The, the Cowboys win, and you can't help but fire up Global <laughs> Sensation Rock Band and number one selection of car commercial music everywhere. Imagine Dragons Radioactive. Well, you boys know what to get me for Christmas. Just kidding. I already have their. <laughs> I already have everything. That I was gonna could. say like a vinyl. I don't know what you. What do you Double want? Posters <laughs> for your man. Yeah, like a, a mug. <laughs> like. Oh, <laughs> uh, but dude, we are in a good. We're in a jokey mood. We're in a good mood because boys, it's, it's yet another victory week here and at Boys Will Be Boys headquarters. Uh, I'm Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This is Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, we're coming to you Wednesday after a resounding Cowboys victory over the Chicago Bears. Offense finally showed up in this one, guys. A 49-point outing, the first 40-burger of the year. 49 mm -hmm. points from the offense, a 49-29 victory. Um, it looked, I, I guess it got a little close for a little bit, but the the like win probability never got below 81% Cowboys. I was never particularly worried about this game. Um, yeah, I guess we'll start with like uh, overall uh, experience and impressions. Ben, how did you feel watching this game? First of all, Zach abandoned me. He said he was too tired to come out and watch. So I headed to the bar right by my house, watched in a bunch of, Fucking Eagles fans. And by a bunch, I mean two, but just two is too many for Dude, me. Two know? two Eagles fans. It's it's uh it's like the old laws about like Native Americans in Western towns. It's like, nope, that's a that's a raiding party and you should be allowed to kill them. <laughs> yeah, it it felt that way, man. I, I was nice too, because one guy sat down, I was like, Oh, he's a cool dude. We we're you know, chopping it up and I was trying to be like, Oh yeah, y'all are pretty, you know, we were just talking some shit, talking some fun, and then he had to go in and be like no, I mean, y'all got Kirk Cousins coming up. And I was like, I'm not scared of Kirk fucking Cousins after the bye week. Like, and we got in, he goes, yo, Dak and Kirk are basically the same guy. And I was oh, like, what? Barf, dude. And so I went in on this and told him how crazy he's trying to pull up these stats. And I was like, yeah, I mean, pure counting stats. I was like, but look at EP, look at any advanced stats. So went there. Then we had to go with like, after Diggs had a pick. You know, and then they got called back, and I was like, "He's good." He goes, "Man, he trash." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Oh, okay, all so right. It quickly turned into that, and then him and the other Eagles fan saw me. You know, he was John. We were just kind of going back and forth. But it was getting semi contentious, you know. Um, and then, then I was like, "Man, y'all probably think Jalen Hurts is uh, is better." And he goes, "Yeah, Jalen Hurts is good, dog." And I was like, Ugh. "And it's like at what?" And I was like, "You guys probably." It goes, "You think he's better than Lamar Jackson?" And they're both like, "Oh yeah, man." And I was like, all right, now we're done. Like you can yeah. maybe if you, yeah, we're done. We're done. I don't, I don't know what to do with you guys, bro. So, they were ready to uh, run was, this was, man out of town these, like these six people, months ago. Yeah. So they, they are fully gassed up. And then I tried to, yeah, I was like, man, y'all are acting like y'all won the Super Bowl because you beat us with Cooper Rush. Like for oh, them, they have, for them, they have like, yeah. this is, this is the peak for them. This is as good as it gets. Like I, dude, I cannot wait until Christmas Eve. That's what I, I told him. Cannot wait. And I had a couple like uh, uh, guys, Zach, that you would recognize that we've uh, run into before that that gave me a little bit of backup, and they were you know helping me talk some cowboy shit. And the Cowboys were kicking ass, which helped. So every time nice I scored, the Bengals touchdown, made an appearance. Just wandered did. in. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was there. Uh, he was there with like his little crew, and um, yeah, I, I, I talked to John for a little bit. So. Uh, Forgot he Damn, you guys have a bar that's like cheers or something like you guys like know yeah, all these we, guys and we've like, gone to like the same two spots by my area for about 
a season and a half and you see the same characters and you start to, I got really drunk there for one playoff game last year when the Bengals, uh, we just call him Bengals guy. He's like the only Bengals fan, I think in the state of Texas. It's descriptive. And, I definitely yeah, know I mean, what you're talking about. Beginning of last season, he was sitting by himself in a corner watching the one screen that had the Bengals game. <laughs> yeah. Every other game had Cowboys and he had the Bengals on. So uh, anyway, we watched the playoff game with him and I got real drunk and he was, he was about to cry when they went to the Super Bowl, which, uh, you know, I understood, you know, our NC. It was even the AFC Championship. It wasn't even the Super Bowl. So anyway, I was watching with that crowd. It was a, uh, it was good fun. Um, the, the, the owner at this, uh, a brass tap. I'll shout them out. He, uh, he was there. He's Whoa, no free fan. ads. Yes, yeah, fuck you, brass tap. Pay us. Pay up. Uh, they, uh, they, uh, he's a big Vikings guy. So he was trying to talk shit about the Vikings, as if I care. They're like six and one. They're on by or no, they won. They're seven and one. I don't know. But either way, uh, that was my experience. I'm glad we won because. Um, Zach abandoned me. That's the bottom line. So, so Zach, I guess your experience was All just right. being like <laughs> exhausted and watching this game at home. <laughs> uh, essentially, I this last podcast, so I'll just kind of clarify my own thoughts on this game leading into it. Okay, so I do. was worried about both our offense and our defense. I remember ability. that. I remember that you were like, you were worried about this. Like, yeah. Now I'll okay. say I did not think that we were going to lose. But I saw a possibility. I was thinking this is going to be a 12 to 9, 15 to 9 type game. I actually put money on the Bears covering. Thankfully, not a lot, <laughs> but I put a little yeah, bit. No joke. So, overall, yeah. um, I mean, the offense surprised me. Last time we saw Pollard by himself without any help from Zeke, he was not very good. He kind of established why he needed to be paired with Zeke. So, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting him to take off like he did. I thought it might take Dak a little bit longer to finally click with the new offense because I thought that the game against the Lions looked a lot offensively like the game against Tampa. It's just against a much worse team. So I wasn't expecting either of those things to happen. So that then I was extremely happy to see that. I also did not think for one second that we were going to give up 27 points or 29 points to the Bears. I was yeah. thinking that they would take some time. I, I'll be honest. If someone had told me beforehand we'd give up 29 points, I would have thought we'd lose. I have to wonder, did you really here. think that? It, like, did you? It, don't get me wrong. It's not great. Uh, at some best point. game of uh, Justin Fields' career. It is the age. best game of Justin Fields' career. And certainly, like, if there's a weakness to this Cowboys off defense, it's, it's the run game. The mm-hmm. thing I'll say is this. I, I think, and I saw Bob Sturm tweet, something to this effect too. At a certain point in this game, the Cowboys realized that the Bears were suicidally devoted to the run. Like they were not even going to attempt a passing game. And it got to a point in the first half even where the Cowboys were scoring enough points where they knew that just running the ball, the Bears could not beat them offensively. So I think the Cowboys were basically like, we'll invite the run. Like we'll basically like put a contain on it. Like, drop guys deep so that even if you do break big runs, they're not going to go for like 30 yards. They'll go for like seven yards. And so sure you might score some points, but they're going to be like 14 minute drives that take forever. You score one touchdown, then we go score in two minutes and it's on again. And so the game ended up like that, that kind of game would like, this is the best outcome the bears could have hoped for with that game plan is scoring like almost 30. That's really good for them. Um, I'm not overly worried about giving up that amount of rushing yards for a team that's like one, they came into this game number one rushing in the NFL. Like they've done this to every opponent they have. So now, would I like to see them get better against the run, especially when we're going to play a team like Hurts and the Eagles? Absolutely. 
Um, but again, like, dude, if, if the offense can perform like even to a fraction of this level and the defense can even play a little bit better, I think they can play with anybody. Cause I just don't think a rushing attack by itself can beat a team that is as dimensionally capable as the Dallas Cowboys are right now. I'm I very much hope that true. That's true. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, coming into this podcast, I was planning to say something very similar. Like, I'm worried about the amount of rushing yards we give up, but we can match that in the air. You know, they yeah. can win time possession, will win the score. However, the main thing I was thing is, I didn't really see us ever shutting them down very much. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe you saw something that told you that like we weren't trying to shut them down, but it was our inability to stop them. We could let them get three yards here, three yards there, but you know, three yards every play, then you score a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, so on on, I I I don't think they did. I I I will not. I don't think there's any case to be made that they did a good job shutting down the run. What I do think they were doing is basically inviting the run, basically being like, if you want to run, we'll give you that. It's like when you see a, it's like in basketball, you let one guy shoot, you're like, we'll make you beat us this way. I think that they were basically like the Bears are going to run the ball. They cannot beat us through the air. The only way to beat us would be through the air because they're going to have to put up 40-plus to hang with us this game. Um, But, yeah, I do think they're going to have to get better. Now, I will say this. This game would have been a complete blowout with a slightly different angle from the referee crew because as we're going into halftime – First of all, like not even just the referee crew, but a, a couple things. So a couple factors here. One, uh, the route CD runs on the interception that Dak throws. He's got to run that route in such a way that it's like this is my ball. If you're going to attack the center of the field, like I heard this said on like by Nate Newton, I heard this said by a bunch of different people this week already on Dallas, other Cowboys podcasts. But like, if you're going to attack the center of the field on that kind of route, that deep cross. Like it cannot be a wait for the ball to come to me type thing. And I've, I've had that complaint about CD before. Um, and again, like this is one of those things where I miss Des so much. That's a ball that Des Bryant would never have let get intercepted. Like it's either gets knocked down or he takes it, but you have to go attack that ball. So if they don't get that turnover there, that's 10, that's like 10 points off the board almost instantaneously. The other thing is fields throws a pick and then gets the just, ticky tackiest softest fucking call in the history of organized sport to get a fresh set of downs and that's a touchdown too so i think there's other timelines where this game is like 35 to 7 and i don't know if they're fucking playing as hard i think they they lay down at that point i'll give them credit for fighting i'll give fields credit for looking really good especially on his feet um even then the cowboys were too much but I yeah, they, a lot of bounces went their way, and they still lost by twenty. Well, so I'm not that concerned. They ran seventy one plays. I think something that doesn't get you guys haven't mentioned that I noticed was this is the most competent we've seen Dallas's offense, and maybe the most explosive. Um, we got dominated in time of possession for that reason. We were scoring. I don't want to say almost too quickly, but we weren't dragging the game out the way we have in other past games so our defense was on the field a lot more we were getting off the field very quickly whether it was through a big pollard run or a big cd catch we were just moving the change very efficiently i mean we were averaging eight yards a play they only averaged about five so 
I think that was part of it. We were just on the field a lot longer defensively. And, um, you know, the other one, you know, Andy kind of mentioned too, the, the, the pick, you know, I mean, we had a couple things where it kind of got a little loose. I, I agree with you, Zach. I don't think the defense was great. They certainly, they certainly let, when it was 28-7, I did the Vince gif online, uh, pretty much the, the it's over. And I never really felt like it was never not over, but it definitely got, uh, I was definitely surprised to see them. Dude, Dante Fowler again. Okay, like it's 28-7. We get them to third and three on their own 32, and they throw an incomplete pass. It's going to be fourth and three. They're going to punt with five minutes to go in the second in the first half. Like we're going to get the ball back. It could be 35-7 after this. Dante Fowler lines up offsides and gives them a fresh set of downs. So right there, like instantaneously like you're like god damn it like we shot ourselves in the foot um they are able to march down the field from there and score and we still and that and even later on that drive we still got the interception that they then called back again so twice on that drive you're just like god damn it and then on uh again the very next series from dallas is this interception from dak which Ah oh, man, like it's the right play is what's frustrating. Is it's a good See, ball from Dak. It is a good ball. I will I will die on this hill. I have and I I said it the minute he threw it, and I said it watching the replay. I said it, and then when I was like, okay, I'll wait and see what the experts say. And like everyone I've seen is unanimously said like, CD has to go get this ball. Like this is a play you're going to have to make in the playoffs. You're going to have to be able to t- attack the center of the field when there's a gap. Dak puts the ball where it needs to be, and CD just is too passive in this situation. He needs to sharpen his route so that he like comes in quicker, or he needs to get more physical against the corner and take the ball away. But one or the other, it's that's frustrating for me as a CD hater. I know. I was gonna say, I think there is criticism of CD Lamb. Fair there. I I heard something the other day for a take, and I think you would appreciate it, Andy. Someone says CD plays so much bigger with the football when it's in his hands and so small when it's not in his hands very accurate like he's very Very once he gets the ball in his hands i mean he'll take on some people run at people break tackles but he doesn't the point of catch or before the catch yeah he's not as physical i'll give him one he had one catch this game where he like had to like catch a ball in traffic and took a pop it was like down i think on like the eight nine yard line and i was impressed by that i was like okay that's a that's a catch i want to see cd make um, I also love that Dak got Gallup involved early in this game. Like the first couple passes, like he was like distributing the ball to like Gallup, uh, to Pollard. Um, he got both of them involved in the pass game really early. Schultz made a lot of appearances. Um, really liked that. Dak looked sharp from the jump. I think this is the best passing game I remember from Dak just from eye test since Tampa last year that I can really remember. He looked like visually impressive to me. The, the only thing I would say, the only nitpick on that interception that I really had with it was I just 40 seconds left in the half. You're up two touchdowns. I just, I just don't, we don't need it there. We just don't. Like sure. It's just, it's just, I, that was my nitpick. Just it's 40 is seconds. That, man. Is, that a, a touchdown. Like, is that a, is that a play call here? situation or a Dak situation? Probably both. I just, it's, cause it feels like they probably like I'm, they haven't stopped us yet at all. Let's right? step I mean, on their neck. Four straight touchdowns. It's just the one thing. The only thing that's going to hurt you there is you just sure. give up a touchdown. Sure. You give them free points and they get the ball 
at the half. Luckily, we we stopped them. But I mean, that could have been basically they get three possessions and you get one play there. It's yeah. just it. All I'm saying was it just in the context of where we were in that game. That's why I had a problem with the throw. Otherwise, I didn't really. I just didn't think it was a smart time to take a shot. I agree. I agree. At least not in the middle of the field. But would Amari have made that catch? Um. I don't know. According to Cowboys Twitter, Amari Cooper's the best receiver that ever touched a football. So. I'll say this. I've seen Amari make that catch before. I, I Like I said, I didn't love the throw. I, I don't think CD definitely shied away, but it is what it is. It's impossible to to say. Outside of that throw, I loved Dak all day. Yeah, like, I was going to say. He, he, uh, he's so sharp. And I know you it, didn't. I know you don't love QBR, but he had a ninety-three point eight out of a hundred. He was number one QB. How about uh, Dak week? using his Whatever. legs again a little bit? Enjoyed that significantly. The first touchdown, just Dak just taking the ball himself. I was like, I love this. This is great. That was sick. Twenty-five <laughs> yards on a QB sneak. Never seen that before. That was pretty. Yeah, sick. That was that was more just like the Bears' ineptitude, I think. Than <laughs> yeah. which is weird because like coming into this game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely like stopped and then was like, "Oh, I'm not down." Okay. Like, the Bears have like the like a top five rush defense. Now, I don't know if like that was significantly impacted by like Robert Quinn departing and like now Roquan Smith's gone. They've gutted the entire interior of their defense, which is weird, and then traded for Chase Claypool, which bizarre decision. Uh, yeah. But, um. Yeah, overall, I expected the rush. I expected the rushing day to be kind of difficult, and the passing game to be a little. They're like twenty seventh in pass defense and third in rush defense, and not that Dak didn't have a great day, he did. But like the most impressive day, I think, on the team offensively came from Pollard, who just absolutely blasted them. Now he was very impressive. I mean, he, he managed to do it on fourteen carries, which is is what you hyper want. Efficient. Yeah. Um, Pollard has never in college or the pros had a fifteen carry game ever he has always been uh, 14 is the top end for him and even i watched sounds from the sidelines today and on the 50 51 54 yard touchdown the, the third one uh he made the comment on the bench he was like man my legs were so heavy and tight on that so like even he was kind of acknowledging that like i think he his like that zone of like 13 to 20 carries is his sweet spot for touches. Um, so I love that even though Zeke was out, they managed to like use Malik Davis, like figure out other ways to use other guys so that they could use Pollard to this maximum efficiency. And he absolutely destroyed the bears. I mean, three touchdowns, 140, 131 yards on 14 touches is great. Um, I think when we get Zeke back healthy, being able to use Pollard, for situate like the, to use him prominently and then save the 40% of touches for Zeke that are kind of like the grinder trench carries, goal line carries, pass block touches, those kind of things. And then give give Pollard the lion's share of like the open field between the 20s, like where you want to hit a home run type carry sounds like a really good game plan. You don't think so we should just note- Zeke entirely now because Pollard <laughs> made him obsolete. <laughs> um I thought of something interesting on, on Pollard on that note is you know the the 15 carries we've never really seen him be a workhorse some people have wanted to see that for some time dallas has shied away from it and it's i think frustrated some fans but i thought was interesting with skip pete who's the dallas cowboy running back coach um especially after this week a lot of noise got people are like well polar's just the better running back he should play more and look i think what andy said i echo we've had (laughs) i feel like we've been having a pollard skip i mean a pollard 
Zeke conversation for like three years, and me and Andy just the discourse around it sucks because so it many is people, the worst. Just, it is the it, worst conversation that yeah. our fans and other fans have. Like, there's a we can't just thing. be happy with both of them. We have to. Well, we have to have only other one. other fans of other teams have this weird thing they do where they act like it's a burn to the Cowboys that Tony Pollard is good. Like they'll be like, oh, dude, I told you, dude, Zeke sucks. Tony Pollard's so much better. I'm like, you know, Tony Pollard's on our team. Like him being good is also bad for you. Like if he, <laughs> if he scores a 70 yard touchdown, it does against you. It's not like a sick burn. Like we're happy, right? Like it's bizarre. He, um, this is quickly what he said though. He said, uh, he said there's an added reasons as to why Elliot is the primary back. He said, by the time Pollard sprung the 54 yard TD, his gaslight was on. In the, this is the coach's quote now. He said, Pollard played a total of 30 plays. I think that's his max as far as total play count because when the juice doesn't become the same and he's not as quick, not as fast, when he's got that long run on third and one, soon as he got to the sideline, he said, Coach, I'm done. I'm done for the game. I've got no more. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. So he said, and then basically goes on to say, He's a race car, you know, he's fast and quick, but runs a blah, blah, blah. But and, and they've put uh they put like whoop straps and GPSs on these guys at camp and they do these kind of stress tests where they like see how many reps these dudes can take before they're in the red zone. And they've said Pollard is like a 20 snap, a 20 play guy. Like he's an elite, like electric back through up to like 15, maybe 20 on a good day. It's like a better efficient version of what we have with Felix Jones. Exactly. Exactly. He, he is the home run hitter. And, and what I don't want to do is especially like, let's say you did start using him as a workhorse. You start giving him 23, 24 and it does work out. What I worry is that that'll only work out for like a couple games. And then you get no electric Pollard on snap one of game five. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like it's almost better to like give, you know, using them both is such a good system. Now I'm totally down to give Pollard the lion's more. share of the carries. Yeah. Because I think he is like the more electric back, the more like effective back at this point, so, especially in the open field. The other interesting quote I saw was the bears defensive coordinator said when Zeke was out, it wasn't that he was less, he was concerned because he said the Cowboys are less predictable. Yeah, which to me is maybe more of a shot at Kellen than Zeke. Like fair, but it just makes us harder to guard because I think with Zeke you kind of understand what you're gonna get. Where Pollard, we can do a little bit either more with him, or you just don't know quite what's coming. We may not be as committed to the run. So I thought that was interesting, but I I still think we're a better football team with both. For as everyone, if everyone wants to say the contract is Zeke's bad, we know. Like goddamn, we yeah. all know. Oh, yeah. like, it is bad. It is a bad. If you if you were the a genius four years ago or three years ago that when he signed it said it's bad and now you want to keep pounding it home, congrats. Like we get it. It's not and for the Pollard contract. super fans that think that we should cut like Zeke and then pay Pollard Zeke's contract, you're also an idiot. Like paying Pollard eighteen million dollars a year is also a very bad idea. Like Zeke's twenty eight. Get it's bad to be paying him fifteen million dollars. Pollard's twenty six. Like Pollard's only going to be this fast for like, I mean, for all we know, maybe next year he slows down. Like we don't know. So I hope we win a Super Bowl this year with these guys because we don't know what's going to happen next year. Uh, not not just from a performance standpoint, from who's going to be on the team standpoint. I think we lose both. At the end, of could, this year. that that, that could absolutely be the smartest that's, choice. That that I could easily that be the Andy. case. 
I mean, so we, we have four options here. So as he said, Pollard's a free agent, restricted free agent, but he's a free agent. And Zeke's guaranteed money. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but it's easier to get out of next year. It's over. Know. Zeke's guaranteed. I looked it up. Zeke's guaranteed is okay. done after this then, year. Then I, I guess I posed the question, and we kind of already touched it there. What's the most likely scenario? Both are on the team next year. Both are off the team next year. Pollard's back. Zeke is gone. Zeke is back. Pollard's gone. I think the most likely is, and I'm putting some faith in Zeke here, I think Zeke will take a team-friendly restructure and take a huge pay cut and stay on this team. I think he knows that the smartest business decision for him is not to go attempt to be a feature back somewhere else. It's to take a role on a team that knows him really well, that he knows really well, stay with Dak. Dak will ride for him. Will he's Dak is the face of the organization and has his back. There's a lot of dollars off the field associated with wearing the star on your helmet. That comes with a lot of benefits. He's already has roots here. He's bought a house here, all those other things. Um, I do think that I would love if like Pollard would take some super cheap deal and stay here, but the reality is that some team is going to pay him a dumb amount of money and then we're not going to. So I think Pollard's for sure gone. I think Zeke is likely gone. I think the most likely scenario is that either both are gone or or Pollard's gone. I think, yeah. So either Zeke's here by himself or they're both gone or is my choice for like I... most likely want them both gone uh i would take zeke on a very very frank uh team friendly deal just as a veteran running back to help out whoever we bring in yeah but i also think the most likely situation is zeke stays and pollard's gone i kind of feel like jerry wants zeke he's good brand yeah yeah. that's that's the honestly that's my when he asked that question that was my very first thought was money wise jerry probably thinks it's better to keep zeke and that Zeke's probably well, gonna be Michael around. Irvin, uh, Michael Irvin, interestingly said that you can't break up Dak and Zeke because that would destroy the locker room. Which I don't, I, I struggle with. But Zeke is a very beloved figure, and he definitely it, is the Dak's whole team best does love, like, de- love that's, Zeke that's where, and Dak. That's where I get a little weird. That's where yeah. I get a little weird. And look, he's never really him and Pollard, or we're lucky. We never hear a squabble. They're they're really good friends. They're yeah. very close. Like even on sounds from the sidelines this week, like Pollard's out there. Zeke's not dumb. He knows what the discourse is around him and Pollard. Like he's aware of that. And I mean, ESPN Sports Center is doing segments called like "Should Tony Pollard Start Over Zeke Elliott?" on their headline today. And meanwhile, like when Pollard's scoring, Zeke's coming over and like he's the first one there to like hug Pollard, dap him up, like fuck yeah hitting him on the helmet like dude they're they're very close so like zeke has done everything you could possibly want from a teammate if zeke's willing to come back and play for you know five to six and a half seven million they're gonna give it to him like that's what's gonna happen yeah i i don't know i I, there's a lot of cowboys fans I, i was talking to that really want pollard back i would just be very leery about the money. That's all he's, I would he's, love Pollard he's, back he's, for, for the money. I don't want to do another second just contract. Totally on the yeah, contract. yeah, and he's 26. And, dude, it's even more, more of a gamble than Zeke because Pollard's asset is that he's really fast. <laughs> like his explosiveness and top-end speed is what you're – 
what his elite trade is. And that is so much more likely to fade than like we, at least Zeke's a bruiser, right? Like he can pound it in at the one, like if Pollard loses his speed, like there's not Pollard won't be an effective really for much. Man, his the touchdown only run though, game. At 18, the first one, that 18 yarder was so sweet, man. Dude, Huge the cut, the, that one the, cut, the o, the o that cut is nasty. And the, um, you know, I'll give Kellen credit real quick as before I go on more. The pizza Pollard boy? Was, the pizza boy. Uh, boy genius, as we affectionately call him, or unaffectionately call him. Um, he, uh, we didn't have Noah Brown, which scares me that we had to change our offense so much because we didn't have Noah Brown. We went with a lot of two receiver, two tight end, or three tight end looks yeah. because we did not trust any other person besides Gallup or CeeDee Lamb out there, But which is frightening. But what they did do a good job of, um, those those young tight ends did a great job blocking. And they were able – Kellen did a good game plan, which is, you know, to Andy's point, is kind of surprising they ran so well. A lot of that was Pollard, but a lot of that, I mean, if you watch his touchdown runs, huge fucking holes. The third and yep. one, the 18-yard touchdown. Now, what Pollard does better than Zeke is he makes that safety miss. He doesn't even get breathed on. Correct. Whereas where, best case, Zeke takes contact and gets caught. Um, Pollard just completely, I mean, he puts a foot in the ground and gone. Doesn't yep. get touched. So, uh, both those runs were, or I guess three of those runs were really, really pretty, but... Uh, I, I gotta give a shout out to uh, Kellen and to the tight ends, man. Really good blocking. Yeah, really I love the tight end. The young tight ends are and, really. And Tyler Biotish, by the way, yeah. highest graded center this week. Dude, Tyler Biotish had a hell of a game. Of offensive line in general, it, is it crazy that we're like <laughs> how good they are? Well, and like, dude, Tyron Smith's coming back in like three weeks, and there are people that are like, I mean, we're literally like, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. You know what I mean? Can you imagine any other year in the last decade where we're like, hey, should we start Tyron Smith when he gets back? <laughs> like, that was never a question, ever. And now suddenly you're like, well, I mean, Tyler Smith's doing all right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's weird. It's very it weird. weird. Yeah. Um, also, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I know we talked a little bit about their struggles with the run, um, but I do want to give them some credit. You know, the the sacks continued. Uh, they were down Sam Williams this week, um, so they had to start some guys that we hadn't seen before. Damone Clark finally got to play a little football, and that boy is fast. Ooh. He is quite fast. In fact... Micah Parsons said that he is faster than him, and I didn't really believe that. And then I saw some tape, and they were like, no, he's he's legitimately faster than Micah Parsons. Mixed in stats, he hit like 22 miles per hour. That is absurd. So That's, that's corner. That's running back speed. Like, it's probably it's, TP speed, man. It's, it's very crazy. So they did get four sacks. They also had one of the – I think this – if we – when uh, we see Micah Parsons win defensive player of the year this year, I think the, the clip they're going to show – is going to be, yeah, the play that Zach is referring to uh, in his background right now. So th there's some great screenshots of like Micah being held by two linemen. He is clearly being held. Of course, he's not getting a flag for it. Uh, like five to 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage. And there, it's a you know still frame and it's like, Michael Parsons recovers the ball at the first down marker on this play and then scores a touchdown. So he goes all the way from like being held by two linemen, like 10 yards past, you know, past the line of scrimmage to 20 yards in the other direction and then gets the ball, turns, it goes all the way back to the end zone. Freakish play. I mean, he kind of lucked out that 
Fields decided to do like a weird little like hop over him instead of touching him in any manner whatsoever, but it was still yeah, freakish that he scored. I don't know what Fields was thinking there. It kind of, I was watching it live and everyone just saw the fumble and kind of started. And then it seemed like everyone's like, oh, 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 we're running. We're running. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Micah got a, it only, every cowboy pretty much just came over on the sidelines like, man, we need to get you in the running back. Running oh, back. yeah, dude. It, Micah's demanding running back carries now because of it. He, he went in his interview and he said, like, all, all his post game interviews, he was, he said, I went to Zeke. Zeke said, I look just like him. I said, I need some touches. Dude, I want a goal line set where we have Micah run the ball. I, I think that'd be awesome. that last year when they struggled in the red zone. You know, they're actually really good. You know, we didn't, uh, one of the things where the offense was so effective, they were, uh, four of four in the red zone for four touchdowns and uh, nine of 11 on third down, which is we went from like 26th in the NFL to like 13th or something with this one game in third down conversion. So pretty big. Oh, by the way, another person we I don't want to I want to forget this. How about Brian Anger with an 83 yard punt in this game? The boys what back, the man. fuck, dude, a cannon for a leg. He's a freak. The boom cannon, man. It makes so that offensive, one just even more confusing. I, it, that cool one check is bizarre. Like, yeah, yeah, bizarre. So offense, defense, special teams all looked incredible. Uh, they got Kevonte Turpin involved on offense for one play. He, scored, he got a first down. I loved that. Um, it was pretty great all around. I mean, obviously, like you said, the Bears end up rushing for like five and a half a carry for 240. Um, you'd like to not see that. Uh, I don't know if that's a personnel situation, a scheme issue. You hope that tightens up. Um, but ultimately, like I said at the beginning, at the top of the show, man, I really think that the Cowboys, if they can, especially as they continue to get guys back, if they get uh, offensive personnel back, as they get their defensive personnel back, if they tighten up a little bit on defense, if the offense can play at this level, if they can play like they did last year, dude, it's going to be so tough to beat this team. It's going to be so tough to beat this team. They have such a good defense that can hurt you in so many ways. If the only way to beat them is to run the ball down their throat and that's it, like you cannot throw the ball, you have to beat them running, I think the offense is just going to be too potent to win a game purely on the ground. I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, now, sometimes like the time of possession situation worries me a little bit. Like they just do not ever have the ball longer than their opponents. Cause they score, they scored really quick this game, like Ben mentioned, but man, I, I am, I'm very happy going into this bye week I was thinking about it. Um, someone raised the question of like, what would you give uh, as far as a grade to Mike McCarthy coming into the bye week We're halfway through the season. And I was like, man, like, after week one, dude, I really thought this season was a complete sell. Like it looked like complete disaster, and they managed to hold the ship together. They they're now, you know, six and two. They're in second place behind only the Eagles, who I I'm dead serious. I want to play. Like it's there's zero fear in me about playing the, the Philadelphia Eagles at this point, uh, as long as we have all our guys. Um, I. I, I'm very impressed with what Mike's done, man. At least from I don't know if it's luck or coaching, but he's done a damn good job holding this thing together. I think you have to give him a pretty, pretty high grade, right? I mean, he's just been so. Th this team's overachieved. You could make an argument. I mean, I think we definitely they, have. They've won so much with a backup quarterback, and they, 
you know, I mean, Dan Quinn's been awesome on the other side too, but I mean, we got to give McCarthy some credit too. He takes almost all the criticism when they lose and when they win, you know, it's, oh man, Kellen was calling a great play and Dak played great. And oh man, the defense, he really did, only gets, did you see, uh, on, losses, did so. you see sounds from the sidelines with, uh, Schultz and the tight ends talking about Kellen? It was like some, some bears defender made a, a mistake and got blocked out of a play. And they were like, man, can't wait till that play gets cut up on film. And ESPN's like, Man, Kellen Moore's a genius. He's such a genius. <laughs> They're all making fun of him. It was so great. That's so great. Um, I'd give him a I'd give him a a, a minus. I like I, it. That's what I was gonna say. B plus A minus. I was actually yeah. also thinking as soon as you said that A minus. Like yeah, so yeah, I, after the first uh that podcast is lost after the first game, but I no, I mentioned that we all talked, we all just assumed this is probably gonna be his last year as coach. We thought yeah after that game. That, that was it, but no, I think Dude, we were talking about, we were talking about five wins. Zach was talking about Skylar Thompson coming. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. I mean, I don't recall that. I think you're making that up, man. <laughs> I actually saw him start a game against the Vikings and I laughed. I was like, oh shit, it's Zach's boy. <laughs> Somewhere like if, back up in the league, man. If, if there was a sitcom, you'd see Ben like looking at a TV. He's like, oh, yeah, that guy. And then smash cut to Zach like in front of a television wearing a Skylar Thompson jersey. Just like, fuck yeah, Skylar. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, dude, I'm trying to. And I said this last year, like when we were going through our like we were like six and oh or whatever or six and one because we lost week one. But like you got you do have to enjoy the ride. And right now I'm trying to enjoy the ride. This team is really fun. And they do; they are winning. And we going into the bye week, uh, so there's no Cowboys game this week, which sucks because I'm really enjoying each week right now. Uh, but we're gonna. I have think to- it's perfect timing, though, man. They're banged. They up. do need. They I are mean, banged Zeke's up. Banged up. Micah. I was gonna bring this up, by the way. Um, we talked about his uh, touchdown return, which was sick. And by the way, for defensive player of the year, he's odds-on favorite. He's minus one forty against the field now, so he's getting a lot. But his snap count. This is why I'm a little nervous, and I know I want to see off what, the field for quite a bit of time. I want to see what they do against the Eagles and maybe the Niners, if those are going to be the two top teams down the stretch um, for the NFC, because the linebacker group has struggled. They've struggled with the run, and I, I, tr- I, I would like to see them move him around more. He's almost playing exclusively on the edge now. I was going to say, edge man, rushers I, just don't play he, more than about. F- 40 snaps, 50 snaps. I, I know that getting the ball is, or getting the quarterback is an incredibly valuable, maybe the most valuable defensive yes. action you can do. And I know that I'm sure his agent and Micah himself know that like to maximize his dollars, getting that sack number up is worth a ton. But last year, Micah was incredible against the run. And we could really use that right now. Yeah, and look, you're you're you you've been afforded a luxury that Dante Fowler, Sam Williams, Tank Lawrence have all been really effective. Yeah, correct. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, you've had correct. really good pass rushers, but to point that out about snap count, and you get beat up, man. Like, like pass yes, rushing, so it's a yes. fucking especially when you're not that big, dude. Like Micah Parsons yeah. isn't built like Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? Like I he's a smaller guy, and he's getting doubled. He's getting held. He's getting choke slammed by these guys. Like. And he's a tough son of a bitch, but like he this needs is, to he needs to play a little bit of stand up linebacker and like fill a gap. This is his snap count since week one, hundred percent. Week two, eighty four, then eighty three, eighty five, seventy against the Rams, but he was dealing with the groin. 
Yep. Then he came back to 94 against Philly. We're taking him out in that game. And then 71 and 72, two of his lower snap counts last game. He's dealing with the shoulder. The bye week's perfect for him, but I just that's the only thing I worry about with him is a little bit of that durability. I mean, he's he's going to play through it, and he's young enough to play through it, but it's just that's a lot to ask him to be a pure pass rusher. Most definitely. I 100% agree. Um, I don't know. If, um, I, I just don't know. I I, I hope they, they get a little more creative with him on the defensive side, but they trust – I mean, look, they trust Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Kirst to come up and make those plays too. So, I mean, I love DQ. I just – I would like to see when they play – they're really built to stop passing teams, and the Bears, the Eagles, and I think the Niners last year showed that, like, if you get after this team, that's that's sort of the, the way to get after them, right? Dude, and and I'll tell you who we're going to see in the playoffs is going to be, like, the Niners and the Eagles. The Niners and Eagles, yeah. yeah. And that so, game travels, man. That game travels. That's we're going to have to be ready to see them. Better. Dude, now, Christian McCaffrey could make our life hell, like, one in, thing, their, in the wrong circumstances. One, one thing about – we did trade for Jonathan Hankins. We didn't really talk about that last he time. He played well, actually. He kind of went the, under the radar. And the but, limited snaps where yeah. he played, and the splits basically on and off, and I don't have him in front of me. Um, I didn't save him. But basically, we were a much, much better run team when he was on the field and a much, much worse run team when he was off the field. So, yeah, I actually I have it. Let me see if I, I had a pl- – okay, he played – uh, when Hankins was on the sidelines, they had 20 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, this is specifically Khalil Herbert's stats. Uh, that's what I have. Um, so he had, he averaged 5.7 yards a carry and had a touchdown on 20 carries. Um, when Hankins was on the field, Herbert was uh, Herbert and Montgomery combined for 11 carries for 39 yards and no scores. Yeah. So better. significantly better. Hankins is a known, like an excellent run stuffer. So hopefully he will, as he continues to like kind of rev up into a more full-time position on at nose tackle, he will make a big impact on the run game. But yeah, I agree with you. I think the, the buy comes at an excellent time. They do have a week off and then they go to Lambeau. Uh, I know Green Bay isn't the, you know, the, the giants they've been of the, the previous years, but, I I would love to fucking beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. I fucking hate the Packers. We're I hate them. Point em. favorites already. I I hate the Packers, dude. I hate them more than maybe any team outside of the division. Um, those playoff losses and the 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 context with which they happened make me very sore. So, absolutely, I hope we beat them. And then right after that, dude, we have a three thirty game. So a non-primetime game, which is key when you're playing against Kirk and the Vikings, baby. And you know the curse. You know the Kirk Cousins curse. No team has ever lost to Kirk Cousins and won a Super Bowl in the same year. It has never happened. So you either beat Kirk Cousins or you do not win the Super Bowl. That's, That's just science right there. It is what it is, dude. It's just never happened. So we got to beat. We got to. We got two tough, not two two tough road games, but a uh, a road two road games. You got to win, and then a nice division game against the Giants, who I refuse to acknowledge their success. They still suck. They, they lost, lost to Cooper thanks. Rush. They lost to Cooper. I like how uh, most other teams, if you lose a game, you drop like one or two spots in the power rankings. As soon as the Giants lost a game, they dropped like ten. Everyone was finally like, finally. Here you go. Here's where you belong. Dude, they're yeah, team. Team on <laughs> like, like 14, 15 position yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're so like mad. They've been five. they've been a, 
they've been an underdog in all but I think one game this year. Like it's and, or two games and one was against us, which is bonkers. So dude, they ugh, crazy. Um, so yeah, we we after that the schedule eases up a little bit. We got Giants, Colts, Texans, Jags all in a row. And uh three of those are at home. We do have to go to Duval. So Duval, baby. By the way, Kirk is two and eight by the time against Dallas. I just throw that out there. Vikings are good this year, though. I wouldn't overlook that game. I think that's maybe the toughest game left on the schedule other than the Eagles. I would agree. Um I I still think they're I'm not gonna say frauds. They're they're not as good as their record is, in my opinion. Fair. It's fair. Like I you right now would you, the Eagles, though. who do you think's um I fair kind of disagree? Fuck well, they're not you, man. Whoa, whoa. They're good. They're the best team in the NFC. What do you want from me? We are the best team in the NFC. Dak would beat their ass today. If we had had Dak, even in his weakened state, we would have beat them. I think we will. Three turnovers right, lost us. We will game. beat their ass just right now. They they are. The- <laughs> Bird gang, baby. Um, all I'm saying about the Vikings is I don't, I don't, I don't know. They're not that impressive i know i've never scared of the vikings like ever since i saw them lose to cooper rush once just the magic's taken out of that team i'm just like if i see you lose to cooper rush you're bums eternally to proven otherwise so but i mean it will be tough it will be tough i just uh i i think i have faith in in us to beat them i don't they haven't done anything that spectacular i mean their best win this year is the packers which now we kind of know stink and then yeah I mean, their other wins this year are 28-24, the Lions, 28-25, the Saints. Both are very bad. 29-22, the Bears. 24-16 to the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson. So great win because Skylar's a fucking stud. Oh, shit. And then, a lead. And then 34 the Vikings to cover us then. <laughs> and then 34-26 to the Cardinals this last week who are dumpster fire. So, and look, I get a lot of our wins aren't that crazy impressive either. It just so happens the NFC seems really bad for the first two months. So it's probably fair game to, to pick out. Everybody has some warts in their wins. It's just, it's they Very haven't true. done, they haven't done anything that impressive to me as all. That's fair. That's fair. Well, boys, I am going to have to go before too long. So let's do some star love goat of the week. Star love, star goat love, goat. Do, 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 do. All right, my star of the game. Um, I was really wanting to go another way with it. I, I think there's only two people this could really be between. But the, the beauty of Star Love Goat is anyone can catch your eye. If someone catches you at the right moment, you just feel them. Um, but for this one, I mean, it's got to be Pollard. He was fantastic. Uh, the TP game, three TDs, career high rushing yards. Uh the clear difference maker to me. don't think I need to say anything else, but uh, it is his first walk star star of his career. So hell yeah. Congrats to Tony Pollard. Zach, who's the love of the game? I had two thoughts on this. I am also going to wind up going with Tony Pollard. Okay. Uh, I mean, he did great. Uh, The other person, which I didn't pick, but I would think back just because while watching this game, my whole thought was, Man, I'm glad Cooper Rush isn't in because we would have lost. Oh, I really yeah, probably. We, we could e- we could easily have lost. We could have easily lost. Mm-hmm. I am going with Zeke Elliott for being such a good teammate and supporting Tony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with Dak. Actually, uh, Tony Pollard is he? He absolutely balled out. Um, 
I expect to see Tony Pollard score many more amazing touchdowns this year. This is the first game where I felt like Dak was his old self again. And as a staunch Dak supporter who has spent like the last like two months supporting Dak and dying on this hill that Dak Prescott can be the QB we remember. Um, when I saw him throw that pass to Gallup, the first slant, like rifle that needle between two defenders to, to Gallup for the first down, I was like, oh, fuck yeah, here we go. And then the dot he threw for the touchdown to CD Lamb, the second touchdown of the game that he threw to CD. Uh, I was like, D- Dak Prescott is back in the building, return of the Dak. Um, and I think that ultimately the the offense this year is going to be because we don't have like this stud receiver core. Uh, we don't have like necessarily the the receiving weapons that we'd ultimately love to have. So it's going to be like the running game and Dak. And so Pollard and Dak were the stars of this game. They both equally deserve it. But I'm going to go with Dak Prescott because I've waited a long time to see Dak return to form. So it was awesome to see. Super stoked about that. Well, that was the first. Pollard star or love of the season. First time he has been a recipient. And that is the second time Dak Prescott has won an award. The first from GOAT. The first, uh, the other one was from love for not playing in a game that Cooper Rush won. So <laughs> those are your star love GOAT stats of the week. Nice. I guess we, uh, we now we got to do uh, book reports because we don't have a, a game preview for this week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're it's bye week. Everyone get healthy. Um, I will go first, guys. Jacksonville Jaguars are bad. We, <laughs> we, we started two and one. We beat the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence was quoted as saying, "I think <laughs> I you like that. that. You like that. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't you like that." But he said, "We're a good football team." And then they've lost five straight since he made that quote. Damn. <laughs> what an innocent <laughs> comment to ruin your team on. <laughs> I think We're we good. can win football games. The universe was like, fuck <laughs> you, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Dude, I've, you know what's weird is he's been like the most hype prospect of like, I don't know, five, six, seven years for quarterback. And I've heard Dude, him speak like two words. <laughs> yeah, he has zero personality. I don't think, I think he's like, I'm, I don't want to be mean, but I think he's like really fucking dumb. Like that's the, the air I get. Like even when he was a high school, like all everything. And he went to Clemson. I remember seeing interviews with him. I was like, this dude can barely fucking breathe and walk at the same time. Yeah. It's a bummer because, uh, we played a, a very, very beatable Denver team with the let's ride, uh, Russell Wilson game coming back from doing just incredible cardio on, on the plane right over. Dude, work. did you did you hear that one of his teammates said that's that's made up? Um, no, but I hope that's true. <laughs> that's even like I could I when I heard Russell Wilson say that he did cardio on the plane, I was like, that's the lamest thing anyone's <laughs> ever said. Anyone ever said? And then if it turns out he made that up because he thought it was cool, that's somehow even worse than him actually doing it. Like that's crazy. Russell Wilson's a lizard. He does not seem real. He's he's uh, Marcus Zuckerberg, I, the football player. I like, get just Ned Flanders vibes from him. Yeah, dude. Time. Um, I, you mean Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited, the danger <laughs> witch. <Sarah. laughs> 
the quote I like from him. Dog, that, that that Subway sandwich commercial is painful as it's fuck, almost dude. It, I, I, a battle between he's super self-aware and completely unself aware. If it like, turned it's, out it's like the, one of the, if the two. day if the day he retired it all turned out to be performance art and he was just like, Yeah, man, fuck it. I was kidding. I would be like, You are one of the great geniuses of our time. Like Andy Warhol just like devoted to the bit till the day he died that'd be incredible but it's not he's autistic <laughs> there's no way around it what are you saying zach i'm sorry i'll say one of my favorite quote about him is it's best to understand him if you just act like if he believes that he's running for president every second of his life <laughs> that's a good way to put it dude yeah. the, him at the training facility doing the fake high fives on the way out of the door and then doing the fake huddle in the end zone you know, during he, he warm-ups stands- I get like every quarterback does their warmest, but he'll sit there in midfield with like his eyes closed and his arms out, just like I don't know, dude. I don't. He. It seems. It does seem like he's doing a bit, like a really long running bit. But uh, unfortunately, my boy T Dog did lose to him. Uh, they went up ten nothing in this game. It was a London game. I actually watched this, um, and then it was just really, really bad from there. Uh, Travis Etienne is a freak. He's coming. He is now ascended to the throne. So uh, my boy's got that going for him. But uh, as a rough game for T-Dog, he's now 0-4 lifetime as a favorite. Um, don't love that. So, But he's growing. He's growing. You know, Urban Meyer set us back a long time, so uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars moved to 2-6, and six, and they play the 2-5 and five Las Vegas Raiders this week. So, Man, the Raiders have just collapsed, dude. They, last year they looked like they were going to be a thing, and then they are not a thing. I saw a funny tweet that was uh, something along the lines that every quarterback that got like elite receivers got but like Tua's gotten way better from getting elite talent. Jalen Hurts has taken the next step, and then so goes except Derek Carr. That boy got the best receiver in the NFL, and he's still ass. <laughs> he got worse. Like it seems like he regressed somehow by getting Devontae Adams. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. And they're like best friends. They've known Devontae each other like years. Dude, that should got, be easy. They got goose egg by the Saints and. Devontae Adams had one catch for three yards. Apparently, assault, he's and assaulted a cameraman at some point. Like that's sick. But anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully, I don't. I only think only degenerates will bet this game. But uh, hopefully, nice. my Jacksonville boys win. So that's the book report for this week. Hell yeah! Well, the Texans game was pretty fucking sick, dude. <laughs> they came out on fire. All right, they. All right, check this out. First of all. The boy D Mills hit him with a tutty. All right. 152 in a tutty. D Pierce, kind of a down game for him. Only had 35 yards rushing, but B Cooks, he got to cooking. All right. 73 yards receiving. They held Which Malik. Traded for him, by the way. Agreed. They held Malik Willis to six for 10 for 55 yards in an int. <laughs> I right. started him in fantasy thinking he would run. Damn, dude. That sucks, dude. I thought he'd run all That's over a him. Bad stat line. <laughs> That's not good. So you think they passed the ball ten fucking times? What were yeah. they doing all game? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what they were doing all game. Uh, Derrick Henry rushed the ball thirty-two times for two hundred and nineteen <laughs> yards and two touchdowns, and they won. That's the whole game. It was just Derrick Henry running the ball. Have you for eight yards carry? I know Derrick Henry's great, but have you seen his game log against the Houston Texans the last few 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 times they played? Houston's no. by the way, your your boys are. All right, give me one sec to pull it up, but it is. I, uh, I'm, I have the game log open right now. Okay, these are his last four games against the Texans: 
32 carries, 219 yards, two touchdowns. 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. 22 carries, 212 yards, two touchdowns. 32 carries, 211 yards, and three touchdowns. He's rushed. He's rushed, I think someone said, for 200 yards, seven times, and four against the Texans. Eric Henry, he, he has stats that look so fake. Like, like his, like I remember the first time I ever saw someone post his, uh, his high school stats, like, uh, Derrick Henry's senior year, he rushed 462 times for 4,261 yards. So that's 9.2 yards a carry for 462 carries. And he he's had a horse, like he's, he's, dude, dude, so he's, dude, he had 55 rushing touchdowns in 13 games. Imagine playing this fucking man child in high school. <laughs> You're some five foot ten kid, like going out for varsity as a junior, and this guy comes out there, and the whole team, all they do is just hand this guy the ball ten times a game. He just runs end to end every time he touches the ball. He scores five rushing touchdowns a game. Like that's so fucking unfair. He's, 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 like I said, he's, he's not a human. He's, he's like, too big to be the running back that he is. Like when he runs away from people, it's one of those. He just looks, he looks too awkward. Like it is unnatural. Yeah. I mean, oh, dude, I can't get over it. In high school, he averaged three, 327 rushing yards a game for four years. Right. We took like, Ezekiel Elliott. Over what, him. dude? What? <laughs> That must have sucked ass to play. Imagine against. trying to tackle Derrick Henry as a child, as an actual <laughs> child, is what we're talking about here. Like children attempted to tackle Derrick Henry. Uh, so yeah, basically the, the Texans lost again, uh, ten to seventeen. Uh, they dropped to one and five and one. Um, I really want them to play the Lions. Hey, I uh, real quick on him. His last sixteen games, because you know he got hurt last year. And missed yeah. the end, and now so if you take his last sixteen played games, Derrick Henry has two thousand one hundred and sixty-one rushing yards on Jesus five Christ, dude. He's, a he's a freak. freak. He's a freak. And he's, he, he's like the only. He's there's there's very few exceptions of like the magical carry number you hit where all running backs fall off. Like Zeke's already hitting it. Um, I forget whatever that wall is. He's exceeded it. It's like only him and basically Adrian Peterson have ever in the last like 20 years hit that and continue to be elite. So props to Derrick Henry, man. Still crushing ass. He's absurd. He's absurd. All right. Uh, Zach, tell us about the Falcons, dude. All right. So the Falcons played off against the Panthers in a game that was actually extremely neck and neck almost the entire game. Bro, this is a heartbreaking ending for the Panthers. I feel so bad for PJ Walker and DJ Moore. The Falcons were up by six. But the Falcons mm-hmm. are going to Falcon, and they gave up a touchdown pass by PJ Walker to DJ Moore that went 67 and a half yards in the air. The longest it was so tight. It was one of the coolest the era. passes I've ever seen. Dude. Yes. The- then DJ Moore takes his helmet off to celebrate, getting a no, 15 can't yard do that, man. That's I, I was pissed because I was like, man, I hate when I see a guy just celebrate like it getting ruins, happy it, 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 it ruins my experience <laughs> of the game flag out uh, uh, my thought thought this is yeah it was a stupid fucking penalty to decide the game as it did but my thing is the game was not over it was tied there's time left dj moore should have known better 
Like, I think he bears a lot of blame oh, on that. <laughs> but either way, the 50-yard penalty was applied. Uh, when they went to go kick the extra point, they miss it. Goes to, uh, goes to overtime. Falcons were upset that someone's trying to take their legacy from them, so they just immediately throw an interception to the Panthers. Panthers managed to only take it the six yards to the Falcons 14, kick a field goal, miss it. Yeah, the kicker the fucked ball. this game up twice, so I I blame him the most. And so it turns out in the game to see who can fuck themselves over the most, somehow the Falcons lost for the first <laughs> time in their history, and they kicked a field goal and won. Were Falcons fans saddened by this result? Uh, look at the NFC South. They someone's going to have to win it. They're all like, because everyone just assumed this Tampa like, would win it. Okay. The Falcons viewed this like removing an exorcism from their team. <laughs> they passed the, the possession on to the Panthers. Are the nice. NFC South leaders? I was going to say yes. They're now leading the South. They are currently at four and four, going to. Uh, sorry, yeah, they're currently a playoff team. That's crazy. Yeah. They have a higher seed than us. They get to host a home playoff game right now. I'll say, again, back to David Moore. It was a dumb <laughs> move really on his play. It was so. a dumb move on him to take his helmet off. There. He was off the fucking field. Like, they should have never thrown rule says, that. even in the end zone. You know who uh, they made that for? No, I agree. It's really, like, they really shouldn't have. Zach's Zach's one of those guys, but that, it's like, one of those. It's cheers for marijuana suspensions because it's a rule. Like, yeah, no, like don't get me wrong, like it shouldn't be, but like the guys know that it's a, so like smoking weed. DJ DJ Moore had a spin. I always want like, the rest of five weeks jobs. with Baker Mayfield throwing <laughs> fastballs at his kneecaps, or or probably ten yards away for his kneecap. He was probably thrilled that he got he got a couple balls actually thrown in his chest this week. We should have done the proper way of putting the ball on the ground and praying. Absolutely. Or maybe shaking hands. Shaking the hands. Shaking the, hands. Act, act like you've been there, you know? <laughs> Just shake the hand, ref's hand. How far we've come. My my grandpa uh, hated Joe Namath because he wore white cleats. He thought that was, uh, you know, just a little too, too rambunctious for his taste. I can't imagine what he would have thought of the modern NFL. Good thing he's mm. dead. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Different grandpa. Different Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That grandpa's fine with it. He like he likes football. He's fine. Okay. Uh, but no, man. It sounds like the Falcons are killing it, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. they're tied, four and four. Hell yeah, brother. Mariota threw more touchdowns than he did interceptions. So I hope yeah, I hope yeah, we actually, get to play uh, them, dude. Actually, I I, I was listening to a. Uh, podcast today that broke down that they're one of the best running like outside of Kyle Shanahan like Arthur Smith and the Falcons this guy was just one of those X's and those guys just in love with the way that they run the ball he's like maybe too much maybe they don't use their Kyle Pitts they're fifth, and they're fifth in rushing they're fifth in rushing in the NFL yeah but he's like their scheme is just and, and doing it with a bunch of guys you haven't heard of like Cordero Patterson's on IR like they've been doing it with a bunch of dudes you never heard of. They just they run yeah, really well. Leaders: Tyler Algeriar, Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams, Keith Smith, Damian Williams, and Olamide Zacharias Zacchaeus for negative say. six. Yeah, he he's has he's played in well. eight games and he has one carry for negative six yards. I can't imagine he's a priority he's a wide receiver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, that makes was, sense. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, no, he has, he's, yeah, he's actually a pretty good receiver, actually, now that I look at it. But Drake London, dude, we should have got him. He's I fun. wish we did. I, in my dream, you know, hey, they lost their star went, running like, back. The top 10, Let's trade though. Zeke yeah. for Drake dude, London. By the way, um, a big trade between our two teams we got to talk about in book report. My Jacksonville Jaguars have acquired the gambler, a.k.a. Calvin Ridley. Oh yeah, Atlanta. dude. I'm glad that guy got suspended, dude. It makes me so pit. He I mean he was dumb of him, dude. He knew that it was against the rules, dude. So like, <laughs> he shouldn't have done it. The integrity that of the that game, is one baby. of the that is one of the worst children NFL's ever handed out. Like, I'm James Winston. James Winston admitted to sexually assaulting an Uber driver and got a Three game. Games. Three games. Thank you. Three game suspension. This dude like put in some like parlays on like how many rushing yards Christian McCaffrey was going to get that week. And they suspended him for a year. Like while he was, he had taken time off for mental health and they were like, you know what you need to be separated from football. <laughs> like he, he was betting on it. He was betting on the Falcons to win. That's how I know he didn't care about money. That boy was. showing The first half of one of the games he was playing in then. I don't think he played in any of them. Did he play? In them? I, I thought he I have no idea. I haven't seen something about it. But anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, bad trade. I think for Atlanta. Good trade for I, Jacksonville. Pro- he's, honestly, if he gets the best, tra- the best trade made yesterday, in my opinion, could like, be great the, for Trevor. The Lawrence, best trade made all get day. Christian yesterday. Kirk and Calvin Ridley and Etn next year. Just way bad. better than the Bears trading for fucking Chase Claypool, which makes no sense for them. They they just <laughs> traded. Roquan Smith because they wanted to shed an expensive contract they were going to have to resign. So now they get a rental on Chase Claypool who they're which they're tanking so rentals make no sense. I didn't and like it for a second. It was really bad. I guess they felt like they had to give Justin Fields somebody out there but ugh. It was bad. Um I'm glad we but I'm also glad we didn't go after like a ugh, that would have sucked. I would have been down for Brandon Cooks from all reports it sounds like the Cowboys were very interested um but we just couldn't work out the salary contract yeah dude 18 like here's the thing you just you just you just kicked a guy out off the team because he was making 18 million bucks and not producing what you wanted now you're gonna bring in a guy that produces less and trade like you you get you got a fifth round pick for amari you're paying him Mari 18 million bucks i imagine i heard i heard they wanted a second they wanted a second there were some reports that it depended on the money. Like if they, how much money got taken by each team. Like if you were willing okay. to take on more money, then the pick was less, I guess. But dude, 18, if, cause like, yeah, if you end up giving away a second or a third and you have to pay this guy 18 million bucks, that just feels like, man, you're really admitting you fucked up the Amari situation and you've downgraded really expensively. Like, Oh, that sucks. Meanwhile, Amari's over here having hundred yard games half the time. Makes me so mad. I'm proud of you, Amari, but it's still upsetting. You know, of all, the, Amari. of all the moves Dallas made this offseason that got a lot of talk, um, I think we've been fine not paying Randy Gregory, and everyone was like, Dallas, let it slip through their fingers. We've been oh, fine. Oh, man, that turned beyond fine. That was, yeah. a, that was a fucking huge win. I mean, one, Dorrance Armstrong's been better than him. Two, and Randy's on IR. Yeah. yeah, Randy's on IR. So, like, fuck it. And yeah. that's, that's always what he does. Then the L1, which as he's soon a as Tyreek hilarious away, bum. Yeah, he's been t- and Terrence Steele. Once again, all Terrence Steele does is get better. He may not ever be as good as L, but dude, he's also a free agent next year, which makes me nervous. But uh, 
he's been fine. He's been really good at the right side. And then, you know, the other big one was the Amari, which I think they just drastically misjudged the market because at the time they cut him or traded him, sorry, for a fifth. He had the fifth highest contract. And immediately, dudes started getting first rounders and all those guys got paid. He's now the 12th highest paid. Seven guys got yeah. massive contracts this offseason after his trade. It was I think if it, he had been was the 12th highest misery. paid Ari, if he I think if he had been the 12th highest paid guy, they would have just been like, all right, like fuck it. Like, I agree. They they and they drastically misjudged the market. And, and if you have Amari Cooper on this team, dude, I feel so good. Like I'm like, oh my God, we are fucking loaded, dude. Like yeah. Oh well. Hey, it's I'm I'm happy for Amari. He had 130 yards the other night and a touchdown. Good for him. I wish him continued success in Cleveland. It sucks to live in Cleveland. I know he would much rather be in Dallas, like on this team competing for a championship. I really wish he was. Um, we got to compete with what we got. So, best division in football. All teams hey. 500 or better, including the commies on a three game win streak. Who, uh, as one final item before we get out of here, I'll say this we're put Mr. up for sale today by Mr. Snyder. We may, we may no longer. Yeah, he's exploring, exploring options with exploring with, uh, with with Bank of America. He has hired Bank of America to put the team up for sale. Um, I'm really torn on that. I'll be honest. Like on one hand, uh, I think he's a piece of shit and a menace to every like woman who's ever walked through the doors of that organization and is uh, basically a human garbage pile who doesn't deserve to own an NFL team. And so, rightly so, he should be kicked out. On the other hand, there's like a non-zero chance that they get a decent owner and become competent, and I really don't want that. I've enjoyed their 20 years of terrible. So It's like the Giants finally getting a good head coach. It sucks now. You know, it's horrible. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. So we'll see. Hopefully Bezos doesn't buy them and just pour unlimited money in. That would be terrible. You know what? I'd only like it if he just went straight, just full marketing for Amazon, renamed them. Immediately, watch Amazonians. You know, just really sold it. Put his logo on the he, helmets. He's he's just, out at Amazon now, Zach. He's just he's just a rich guy chilling. Oh, oh yeah, totally unaffiliated. Like <laughs> like Gates at Microsoft. Like <laughs> totally unaffiliated. Also, knowing knowing Bezos, how he runs Amazon, he'd be like, it'd be even worse than Snyder as far as just like because Amazon runs by being like, all right, we'll give you ninety two seconds for this pee break. If you take ninety three seconds, we'll cut your fucking arms off for efficiency purposes. Like that's how they think, run. So you don't think he'd be emailing cheerleader pictures across the? Uh, I don't know if that is Bezos's uh, particular sin. Actually, that's that's more of a Mister Snyder thing. But oh man, yeah, the day that that I I do kind of I am kind of interested to see if Snyder does get actually finally pushed out i want to know if he goes out with a bang i want to know if he really does have all that dirt he claims to have on all the other owners and if he goes if he goes public with it because that'd be pretty fun well you know jerry's gonna be well boy listen here you're gonna get about a five billion dollar uh departing gift all you gotta do is keep your fucking mouth shut and we'll give you a big old parachute and you can be a rich motherfucker somewhere else or we can have we can have a hole dug for you in the desert out by Odessa Permian. You know where Odessa Permian is? Go Mojo. You seen Friday Night Lights? A good movie, boy. Anyway, I got a guy. Now he's gonna take you to Waterburger. All right, we love Waterburger. He'll take you there on the way out there. He's gonna dig that hole. He's gonna shoot you in the back of the head, right under your brain pan. All right, you're gonna bleed a little bit. You're gonna go in the hole. That's gonna be the end of you, Danny boy. I mean, it basically got the Jerry Jones the love child this year, and everyone just kind of shrugged. 
I don't really know what dude, he's, of course. he's he's really untouchable, what, dude. What yeah, dirt could he have that Jerry Jones wins? Yeah, yeah he had about. all those like pictures of him leak. Basically just getting a fucking blowy from like a fucking tooker, <laughs> I guess. I don't know who that chick was, but like there was no money involved. But she was like, just a really big a, a cowboy woman fan, of the night. Man. Yeah, just like some some floozy, I guess. Like that old man love old people he's he's such a ridiculous character like he can do he's basically like totally teflon at this point nothing sticks to this guy and like his public persona is like him like the on hard knocks him going up to the whataburger ceo and being like you know me and genie just fucking love whataburger hey hey come over here he gets his assistant come over and he's like tell him how many nights a week i send you out for whataburger and the guy's like it's a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. dude, dude, Jerry was joking once when he said this, but I I, I remember like a year or two ago he's talking to the the draft, the guys who got drafted in I think twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. He said he said I'd kill somebody if they put me what they put you guys through. He goes, man, if they dug if they if they, if they looked for uh, all the skeletons in my closet, I'd shoot somebody if they did that. I don't doubt it, Jerry. I do not. And he doubt laughed, it at and I was all. like, I don't know, man. I think he might actually <laughs> catch a Dude, body over that. There's, there's somebody out there. Maybe it's only Genie that knows like all the Jerry Jones tales. And man, they've that would be a hell of a book, man. I, I hope would love it, man. I hope that I hope there's like a, like a PDF, like somewhere sitting on a server connected to like a, a a dead man switch to his heart. And the second he dies, it just like emails it to the New York times. It just like ruins everyone in Dallas. Like every single prominent person in Dallas is ruined by this instantly. So, all right, boys, anything else before we get out of here for our bi-week break? Nope. I think we hit it all, man. All right. Well, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening. Uh, to another victory episode of Boys Will Be Boys. Uh, if you've liked what you heard, please feel free to like, subscribe, leave a comment, uh, leave a rating, shoot us an email, shoot us a tweet. Tweet us now before it costs $20 to be verified on Twitter <laughs> under new management. Uh, although I will say we will be fucking verified, so that'll be pretty tight uh, now that we can just buy that shit because we are rich as fuck from our podcasting. So. Uh, we will be back. Uh, I guess we'll probably do like a Packers preview episode next week, maybe. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, otherwise, have a relaxing bye week where you, you know, you don't have to go ride the roller coaster of cardiac arrest watching the Cowboys play. Uh, be safe. Enjoy the time with family and friends. And as always, take it easy. Peace.